Welcome to Poolside Podcast. This is episode number 21 and I'm your host, Rachel Anthony. Today, I got on the phone with Sawyer, the founder and owner of Country Liberty, a clothing lifestyle brand from out east in New Brunswick. Uh, we had initially met on Instagram, of course, because that's how I meet everybody. On Instagram, um, and I went out to Canmore with him and seven other people to get to know the brand, take some photos, and uh, we, all eight of us, were super creative, super into Instagram photography, mountains, and it was just really interesting to bring that many people together that didn't have an issue with being on your phone or talking about Instagram for like 10 hours a day, and I found Sawyer's story and his passion for his brand and his passion for meeting people uh, super contagious, and I, I got home and was... You know those moments where you're just super inspired to dive into your own brand, be passionate about what you're doing because you've seen people that are super passionate about what they're doing. And that was kind of what that experience was like. It was also a different type of, it was kind of, I guess it technically was influencer marketing because they brought together uh, six influencers to take photos about of the brand and share the brand and everything. But it really became more than that. It became uh, connecting with like-minded people that we didn't know but we spent three days together and really got to know each other and we learned things about like photography and Instagram and uh, it was awesome just things like that so I wanted to bring Sawyer on here to uh, share that passion and um, share his advice for people who who have a passion that's strong like that who have an idea and they want to grow it into a business um, once you listen You'll hear all of his advice, but he does talk about how that you want to start a business with something that you are passionate about and not something that will make you money. Um, if you're super passionate about it and put the hard work into it, then the money will come and you'll be able to grow that into a business as you find people that support you and the community. Um, and it also, like I just mentioned with Canmore, the brand has allowed him to connect with other people like in the east but also obviously now across Canada um, and he's done a great job with putting together consistent branding and his own personal Instagram and learning photography and uh, it was it's super interesting I find his story awesome and he gives great advice for people who want to get into the space so I hope you enjoy the interview as much as I did and this is Sawyer let's get into it Do you want to start off by introducing yourself and Country Liberty? Sure. Uh, I am uh, Sawyer Hanna. I'm from Rexton, New Brunswick, small town um, here in New Brunswick in the East Coast. I come from a background of playing um, both amateur and professional hockey. And when I went to university, I had started a bit of a project while taking some business courses um, called Country Liberty, which has turned into my full-time business um, now today. Cool. Um, and where did the name come from before we get into where the brand came from? Sure, yeah. Um, the name, like, see, I mentioned I grew up in, in a small town in New Brunswick. So until I was age, like, I mean, for some context, until I was age 16, um, small town New Brunswick was essentially all that I knew and that was just kind of the way I grew up and, and um, being a naive kid I just figured everybody kind of grew up that way 
Um, and then when I moved to Halifax and I started to move around um, playing hockey, I realized that not every place was like where I grew up. And I and I really started to notice that, um, you know, obviously not every place is country, but also there isn't a lot of freedom in a lot of places and sometimes in the cities and things like that. Um, so the name essentially came from um, the root word freedom, country freedom, um, which I simply just used a synonym uh, being country liberty as I felt there was a bit of a stronger kind of classier name. Um, but that's essentially where it came from. I mean, I just realized how free I was living in the country and I wanted to uh, represent that with, you know, the name of the brand. Cool. And do you want to walk us through how you started and how you really got to where you are today with it? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I mentioned um, I grew up in New Brunswick. I moved out uh, when I was 16. I moved to Dartmouth to play uh, major junior hockey for the Halifax Moosehead. Um, so I was very, very focused on, on hockey in these, in these days. I mean, I wasn't a great student. I wasn't, I certainly wasn't thinking about like business or photography or like social media or anything, any of the things that are relevant uh, to me today. I was just, you know, tunnel vision on hockey. So when I moved there, um, that was an experience and I, I eventually got drafted, um, by the Vancouver Canucks when I was playing for the Mooseheads. Um, so then I got to see kind of the West Coast. And I got to travel all through Quebec and Ontario and things like that for hockey. So I gained a lot of perspective um, outside of my small little town. And eventually, uh, Vancouver, as part of like a development program, they sent me to Salzburg, Austria. Um, This was after leaving. Sorry, no, this was before Quebec. So, um, yeah, they sent me when I was 19 to Europe to develop, uh, play a year professionally there to kind of work on my skills and stuff. and when I got over to Europe, I realized, you know, how different, I mean, Halifax was different and, and Vancouver was different than like little old Rexton. But when I got over to Europe, I really noticed the cultural difference. Um, and that's where I really grew kind of proud of the way that I was raised and the area that I was raised in and our, our culture and stuff as, as Europe was, uh, you know, like I said, so different. So that was essentially where I come up with the idea um, for Country Liberty. And it was just an idea at that time. There's no name, there's no logo, there's no business plan, there's nothing, just essentially an idea to represent um, where I was from. So I came back to North America, I played uh, in Quebec, and then I played pro in the States, and I eventually left um, professional in the States to pursue my academic career at university. Um, so I moved back to New Brunswick, and I started, I played uh, university hockey, but also started to get my degree there, um, and I figured that if I was going to start any kind of a business slash, I mean, passion project at that time, the best time to do it was when I was at university because I knew I'd be there for a few years um, versus in the professional hockey world. I mean, you could be anywhere within a few months. So it was there that I kind of um, put a little bit of uh, pencil to paper, I guess, and started to brainstorm and decided that I wanted to represent this this lifestyle in some way shape or form and i figured the easiest most like elementary way to do that was to simply print um a symbol on a t-shirt and kind of wear it around um and that's you know that's exactly what i did i had a uh, business partner in in the early days at the time and him and i put in 200 bucks each we paid for a, a graphic design which is the one that um that you would probably be most familiar with from our brand we put that design together for i think 200 bucks bought like 12 t-shirts and just started kind of rolling from there. Wow. That's awesome. And so you obviously had like an idea for the brand in mind when you started. Um, How has that evolved since the early days until now? 
Um, yeah, I mean, it was very much just like a fun little thing. Like when I, I was always kind of inventive, like looking back at, at, at growing up and, and it was always for like random things. Like when I was in kind of a bit more of a partying stage, I would like organize these parties and then like when like we wanted to go boating, but like our, my friend group couldn't afford a boat. We like built one and we were always doing like little inventive things. So country Liberty was just the same thing. It was like, Oh, let's do this like fun little impulsive project and get some t-shirts around for our friends and stuff. Um, and we never really thought of it as a business. Um, and, and as of today, like I said, like it's my full time, like obsession really and full time business. Um, and I mean, we evolved from 12 t-shirts in two different colors to, you know, a, essentially a full collection. I mean, we got sweatpants, we got hoodies and hats and toques and jewelry and uh, t-shirts and like tons of different things. Um, so the evolution was interesting from, you know, like I said, 12 t-shirts to like thousands of different items. Right. And what has been the most surprising thing about running your own business? The most surprising thing, um, about running my own business. I mean, there's tons of surprises every single day. I'm surprised happily surprised and also surprised uh, negatively for different things. I think that's just like standard ups and downs of business. But um, one thing I really didn't realize before I got into it was how business literally never stops. Like as, as a business owner, there's never a time that it isn't, you know, on my mind. Um, and my older like relatives and stuff used to always tell me that like, you know, a business is 24 um, seven. But surprisingly, like it, it truly is 24 seven. You know what I mean? So that that's one thing I wasn't necessarily prepared for, um, but I'm certainly into now. Right. And have you been able to find like a work-life balance or is it just all work, sometimes life? Um, see, I work a lot. And honestly, one of my struggles, one of my current kind of problems I'm trying to trying to resolve is making more time for like personal, like straight up just personal things, uh, which I don't make a lot of time for right now just because I'm kind of in the heat of, of, of growing with my business and it's so important it's more important now than ever I think to be directly hands on um, but I do get a lot of personal joy out of the business you know what I mean so a lot of my personal is mixed with my business but um, in terms of like finding time just completely by myself aside from the business I don't I don't do that often enough Right. Yeah. I feel like every entrepreneur and self-employed person probably says the same thing, especially when you do photography and social media. I find that because social media is my job, but it's also what I do for fun. So then it all becomes right. the same. Yeah, no, exactly. And I mean, social media, as you know, uh, better than anybody, it demands a lot of time. Like it's not just as simple as I'm going to throw a post up once or twice a week and just walk away. I mean, uh, effective social strategy takes daily daily efforts and that means like on Sundays and Saturdays and you know those days where most people aren't working um as you know social media never stops it's a 24-hour clock so it takes a lot of time definitely um and do you want to elaborate a little bit more now that we've got to social media how you used uh the platforms to grow Country Liberty yeah absolutely um so personally I'm not a real risky person i'm not a gambler i'm not a you know every, every, i'm very cost efficient i'm kind of cheap in a lot of ways um so in the early early days like i mentioned um uh, we spent 400 bucks on a design and some t-shirts i mean we had zero marketing budget at that time so i knew that i had my only choice was to hit the ground running with organic social media um and my my 
my narrative will never change. If, if it wasn't for organic, free use of social media in the early days, my business would have never, ever gotten off the ground um, because I never would have spent the money necessary to kind of get, get the word out. Um, so I, I realized early on that, you know, I can spend very little money and just work really hard on social and I can actually make something. And, and that's exactly what I did. So I owe like, especially in the early days, but even now, so I owe all the credit to um, the social platforms, you know, for kind of relaying my message. Right. And so did you, do you still run it yourself? Have you always ran it, the social media? Yeah. 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 I've always, um, I've always run the social accounts. To me, it's, it's important that it's, it's important that my accounts feel personable and not just, um, like, you know, some robot is, is, is firing off uh, posts and answering questions and things like that. Like I really want it. And I, and I put my personality very much into it. Like for anyone that DMS or, or comments or ask questions, things like that, like 99.9% of the time it's me answering them. Um, and I think that, I think that people appreciate that, even though like, the odd time I make like grammar mistakes or I do like, you know, human error. Um, the fact that it's not like just perfectly curated, I think actually works to my advantage. Right. When I think that, uh, shows the personality like behind the brand. So then people are more drawn to it. If they're like, Oh, this is a real person. This is a real brand. Then they feel like they're supporting like someone real. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think so too. And, uh, to be honest, I love being on the front line and, and kind of in the trenches because, this was my little creation, my little baby. And, and for anyone that wants to interact with that, I'm pretty flattered. So I want to be the one to be there to, you know, chat to them or answer that question because it's, uh, it's just really cool that something that I created, people are interested enough to, you know, reach out and, and message us and things like that. Right. Um, what advice or tips would you give people who are starting a business or have a small business and want to use social media to grow? I would definitely recommend um, using social media to grow, definitely putting yourself out there. And I know that that's super tough. And that was a struggle for me early on was to kind of make yourself vulnerable and just go at it. Um, because everybody, as you know, everybody has an opinion on social media and there's trolls and there's a lot of negativity. And some people complain if you're posting too much or not posting enough or posting different things, like whatever. Uh, but my advice would just be to put yourself out there and just kind of ignore that, that hatred and that negativity that, social can sometimes um some, sometimes throw at you uh, but i definitely recommend yeah organic strategy posting a ton and then obviously if you have the budget then trying to get creative with the ad placement um especially on on facebook i'm finding a great reach with the paid ad um paid ads on facebook but also instagram but yeah i, I definitely think just putting yourself out there and ignoring any bit of negativity would be my advice no that's awesome um and you also because this is how we met. You also do influencer marketing. Um, yeah. So how has, when did you start that? How has that worked for your brand? Um, I've actually, like as we discussed when we were all hanging out, in, an influencer is a bit of a, kind of a funny term, um, but essentially by definition, it, you know, somebody that influences. So I've worked with people even off social media that are like influential in, in, in different groups and things like that. So that has been kind of, older for me um, but in terms of just straight up paying somebody in exchange for like posts I've done that once um, I didn't find the same value add as doing something like we all did together um, and I think that the best way to kind of go about it or the best way that I'm going to go about it with my little bit of experience is just to try to find people that are actually enthused by the brand 
versus people that are just looking for something free. Like, you know what I mean? Um, I think that the best way is just to connect with people that actually would, would actually truly advocate for your brand, even if you weren't incentivizing them. Because when you do incentivize them, whether it's like a free package or whatever it happens to be, then it's very natural for them to, you know, help and assist and deliver your message and, and advocate, advocate for you. Yeah. Well, and I think like what you put together uh, for the group of us was a great way to do that. Do you want to just talk a little bit about uh, what Canmore was and how uh, Country Liberty benefited or was a part sure. of that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so for a long time, like I'm, I'm a real social guy personally, and, and I also, my personality is very much drawn into my business. So a lot of the things I do are kind of go hand in hand. Um, and I've been wanting to host events, which take a lot of time and energy and, and, and money um, for a long time. So Canmore was a bit of an experiment. It was, it was kind of the first event of its, of its type that I hosted like that. So essentially all I did was Kaylee and I, who Kaylee's a colleague of mine, her and I had organized, as you know, um, a, a small group of people. There were six of us in addition to Kaylee and I um, that just kind of hung out and everybody seemed to bring some value to the table. Everybody was pretty handy with a camera. Everybody was pretty, um, you know, influential on social media. So from the metrics and logistics standpoint, it, it made sense, but everybody, um, as a bit of an added bonus, everybody was just like super fun and chill to hang out with. Um, and that was kind of my personal goal was to just surround myself with some similar minded, fun people to spend some time with. Um, so essentially I decided, yeah, let's fly out to Alberta seems as good a place as any and plus Kaylee's from there so I had a bit of a foundation and just meet some fun people that you know are kind of thinking on the same page as I am to hang out with and uh in in terms of like business like ROI I'm not really sure I couldn't give you a number but I was thrilled with the exposure I felt that that country liberty received um and also you know I made a few friends along the way so to me it was it was a win right well and, and even like personally from being there and doing um, like paid, as you said, like paid influencer campaigns versus like this experience with new people. I feel like, um, I'm more willing to talk about like you and your brand and like the experience that happened there rather than just like a paid post. And I think people, um, can see through Instagram now and they understand like when something's being advertised to them. So putting together more of like a real experience that people like, Oh cool. Like I want to go to Canmore. I want to wear this sweater. I want to like be a part of like that feeling as opposed to just like an ad. Well, well in, in addition to that too, like I have, um, I think it was 2,500 photos, which I have like 300 edits and I'm not even finished. So in terms of content creation, like I would have almost a whole winter's worth of content in two days that we shot, you know, not to mention all the photos you guys took all the, like, if I were to match up my dollars with, Hey, I could pay an influencer in California, you know, a thousand bucks to make a couple posts, or I could spend a thousand dollars or a thousand plus doing what we did. It wouldn't even be a question. As long as I had the time and energy to fly out and do exactly what we did, those dollars are, are spent 10 times better for all those like people that are metric driven out there. Um, those dollars are put to work much more efficiently and effectively than if I just wrote somebody a check and and mailed them a t-shirt, you know what I mean? Right. Definitely. Um, and what advice would you give people like influencers or people that are working on their own personal brand who want to work with country Liberty or other like brands like yourself? Like what advice would you give them when they want to like reach out or like, they don't really know how to get started in that. 
Yeah. Um, for see, I think Country Liberty operates a little differently than um, and a little probably unconventionally than most other brands. Like it, it, I'm very hands on. I don't think most business owners are quite as hands on as I am, or brand owners. And they usually have like an agency, or they usually have like a hired rep to manage the influencers. But um, from my perspective, I can only speak from my point of view. And and you know, if you were looking to hypothetically become an influencer for country liberty i would look for a few things like i would look for number one is the brand actually true to you you know like if you're a um, if you're completely left field if you're like super urban and no disrespect i mean that's fine but that's just not an influencer that i'm going to be looking to work with on behalf of country liberty um, i want somebody that's very relevant and i would rather take somebody relevant with half the followers than somebody that's opposing with twice the followers you know what i mean um, so that's something I really look for. Just people that are actually truthfully, um, relevant to the brand or would get behind like the brand values because it's a natural fit for them. Um, and then also obviously good content. Um, I think that any influencer, if they put out good content consistently, um, then whatever niche that is, they will find them or contact them or vice versa. And then they will work with those types of people, you know? Um, for anyone that explores and, and goes out on the lakes or in the mountains or in the woods or hiking and all those things, like eventually if their content's good, I'll probably stumble across them, um, and, and, you know, start the conversation. Right. No, I think that's awesome. Um, and so we'll talk about you a little bit because you have a really great personal brand as well. An Instagram account, um, aside from your country Liberty account. Uh, so is that something that you were working on before or did it kind of evolve as country liberty evolved um my personal brands like i it's i went through so many different changes in, in you know the last say 10 years of my life i mean i went from being a straight up hockey guy that like got poor marks in high school and just focused on hockey like athletic jock whatever all the way to like a guy that wanted to go back to university and then now i'll the way to like a photographer slash like business operator. So my personal brand had underwent a lot of different changes um, and none in which were on purpose. They all just kind of happened. But what I realized once I got my camera and actually enjoyed taking pictures and stuff, because obviously the country lifestyle was something I loved anyway. But then when I got a camera and, and could actually communicate what I really liked about it, I felt like I kind of, I kind of hit a home run in the sense that now I can post nice pictures of the places that I'm so fond of that is directly relevant to the brand, you know, that is celebrating those values. Now I can kind of put a visual to, to, um, to what I'm trying to scream to everybody, you know, like, look at this place. It's the place is wonderful, yada, yada. But now I can actually put, uh, put images to that. Um, so that's essentially why I started taking my personal social so serious. It's just because it, it was another way to communicate um, kind of my love for that environment and that love st- that lifestyle and those things. And I mean, everything I post isn't necessarily country liberty relevant, but it just so happens that most of it is. So they, the two kind of go hand in hand. Right. Well, I mean, that makes sense since you are the brand. So it, it's good that it like reflects it so people know that you're being true to yourself and your brand. Right. Um, did you? Yeah, no, I... Oh, go ahead. No, I just, I was just going to agree with you. I, uh, I, I, I definitely think that, that you hit the nail on the head there. I mean, people, as you mentioned earlier, people want to, they don't want to just buy from, from this dark corporate 
entity. Like they want to know who they're supporting and know who they're buying from um, and, and know what that person might be up to on the off days, you know? And I think that when people look at my personal brand, they know that they know that I'm not full of shit. You know what I mean? They know that I really enjoy this stuff and I'm not just lying to like make a sale. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's not just trendy to be in the mountains. You actually enjoy being out there. No, no, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, um, I used to, I mean, I'm not a real big hiker, but I used to, I spent my whole childhood outside. The only difference is now I have a camera. You know what I mean? Right. Um, did you take any like photography lessons or has it all been self-taught? Uh, no, so the, the truth behind my camera, I had zero interest in photography, like literally zero. I didn't even, even if I seen a nice picture, I would literally just pass by it in, the, in, in my earlier days. Um, and then I bought a camera essentially just to take product shots, just to like save a little bit of money instead of hiring out. Because I, I bootstrapped this business forever, it seems. And um, I didn't want to pay out two $300 a shoot for product. So I was like, I'll invest in a camera. And then over the course of a year or so, I, the money I would save off paid shoots, I will pay for the camera. So that's essentially what happened. But then I started to shoot recreationally. Like I just started to kind of fool around in the early stages. And, that, and then I really started to, uh, to enjoy shooting recreationally. But no, I didn't take any courses. And I know some people that have, and I think they're super beneficial. Uh, but I essentially just bought the camera and just started messing around. And I watched the odd YouTube tutorial and, and Googled a few things and, and met some people um, like I did with you guys in Camor. I mean, you guys offered me a ton of, of, of information on shooting and different styles and different strategies and, and different things like that. So that's essentially how I learned. Well, and it looks amazing. So <laughs> it's been a, a great asset to your business then since I feel like you still have to have some sort of like talent behind the camera um, to take good photos. So you've done a great job. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. It's, it's funny you say that because I look at my work um, and maybe this is just an artist thing, but I look at my work and I feel like it's very, very average compared to the other work like that I'm admiring. You know what I mean? So it, it, it's, it's kind of funny um, to hear that perspective. Right. Well, I feel like we're always so hard on ourselves anyways that when you look at a photo, you're like, oh, it could have been better this way or this way, but we can't see inside yeah. your head. So we think it looks great. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I, and I decided too long ago, because I used to really beat myself up, because I'm like very competitive with myself. And I used to beat myself up if things weren't like perfect. But what I'm realizing now, and my grandmother always used to say, like, do your best until you know better and then do better. So that's essentially what I'm doing. I'm taking the best photos I can do now. And then if I learn more, well, then I'll take better photos later. Like, you know what I mean? That's kind of my mentality now. Right, exactly. Um, and for people that want to grow a personal brand through photography. Um, do you have any advice for them or tips for them to, to get that off the ground? Things that you've learned. Per personal brand through photography. Yeah. Or just growing like an aesthetically pleasing <clears throat> Instagram feed. Um, I would recommend, you know, just getting after it, going out there and, and following some pages that you admire and trying to like essentially replicate their work with your own touches, obviously in your own twist. But um, yeah, I mean, my advice would be get a camera, take as many pictures, try to learn as much as you can and, and follow, follow the, the brands or the pages or the people that, that you admire. And yeah, exactly that. Try to replicate their work. And I, what I realized um, with photography, I mean, I could look at a uh, picture 
and try to perfectly replicate it. Like essentially try to rip them off or steal it. And it'll still come out very, very different. You know what I mean? Like I, we, we went to Lake Louise and I took a picture that thousands of tourists have taken before of, of the little lodge in, in Camp Louise or Lake Louise, sorry. And it, um, it came out very different than anybody else. Although it's the exact same phrase, you know, so I would, I would certainly suggest just trying to replicate the people that you admire and then naturally it'll come out with your own twist on it. Right. I totally agree. Like using the saved little button thing on Instagram has been amazing. So if you're like going out, if you are going to Lake Louise or if you're doing some sort of like other shoot, saving ones that you really like, and then being able to like bring that for inspiration as well when you like get there. Absolutely. And my, one of my, another um, kind of issue, I guess, or just, goes with the territory of running a business is I spend so much of my time operating my business and so little time actually shooting photos. And if you looked at my social, you would think I'm shooting all day, every day, but the truth is I'm, I'm shooting and, and 90% of the time I'm actually operating. So if I could tip those scales to being able to shoot even more, and like you said, saving those photos, those uh, inspo photos or whatever, or screenshotting them and putting them in a file, like whatever, like that's something I'm really interested in doing more and more of. Uh, personally, that's kind of on the agenda um, to make more time for that. Right. Um, and we kind of talked about it before about having the work-life balance, but what um, are the ways that you disconnect and recharge and just like step away from the business? Um, as I don't get time to do that often, but what I do make when I do cut out that time and kind of force myself um I have a couple like I have a group of real core friends that it's pretty easy for me you know on a Friday night or something to go pop over and have some beer um with them and just catch up and socialize um and every every one of my friends are kind of doing different things like one of my good buddies just had a baby so like I'll go over and hang out with them and like play with the baby or um one of my buddies is in university so maybe I'll go see him and, and you know do it play video games or like whatever, right? Uh, but anytime I'm looking to kind of recharge and unwind, I typically text a group of my friends and see what everybody's up to. That's awesome. Um, and what advice would you give people? There's lots of people that listen who want to start a business, who are starting a business, who are just thinking it'd be nice not to have a nine to five. Um, what advice would you yeah. give those people who want to start their own business? Um, the advice I would give those people is, is first of all, and I don't mean to be negative because I own my own business and I wouldn't go any other way, but those people got to be prepared to work harder than they have work harder than they do with it, with a nine to five. Like you mentioned, like owning your own business, it's on the weekends, it's in the evenings and stuff, as you know. Um, so I would definitely prepare them for that. Um, and for anybody that thinks they're going to start a business and, and just hit it big, I think that's pretty foolish. But aside, aside from that, um, I think that, and Steve Jobs, I'll subquote him because I'm not exactly sure how he how he said it, but he said something along the lines of find something you're passionate about because if not, you'll give up. And I think what he meant was um, there's so many low ups and downs in a business and those downs, those lows, if you're not actually passionate about the subject, you'll give up, you'll quit because there'll be lots of rational, logical times to give up. Um but I think that if you're passionate, you just kind of steamroll through that. So I would certainly suggest like anyone starting a business, find something you're passionate about and like find a way to turn it into a business or to make money from it versus finding something that you can easily make money with, but it's kind of an empty, empty motive, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, do you have any 
like failures or like the lows um that seemed kind of like the end but turned out to be oh yeah 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 no i've had lots of those um i I have them all the time some different sizes i mean there there was a time when i had um like i wouldn't know the number off my off the top of my head but over a thousand units that came back with a date on them that i had to pay for that i couldn't sell because they were outdated and I had to eat that cost. Um, and I've also had different business relationships kind of um, implode and, and, and different people kind of under deliver on their promises and, and just dollars that were kind of wasted or, you know, product defect. I mean, there's tons of different, there's tons of different setbacks. And even like, I'm already preparing for this mentally, like January to March, I don't care what kind of, how big of a business you have, like those are still slower periods. So if I'm high on the pre-Christmas type business that, I, that I'm currently running right now and I expect that to replicate from January to March I have another thing coming you know so things will kind of slow down so that's a reason to be discouraged um, but yeah no there's tons of tons of ups and downs and, and uh, what I'm realizing is the fact that I just really love I love that this brand and this message is being delivered that just kind of keeps me going right that's awesome and when you were out here you explored different stores um, and retail locations uh, what's the, what's the future plan for country Liberty? Um, yeah. So when I was out there, I explored some retail stores. Um, right now it's, you know, everybody's it's gut check time for Christmas. So everybody's very focused on that. Nobody's taking on new brands or anything like that. Um, but in, in terms of a long-term move, I just wanted to kind of make myself known, um, uh, make myself, you know, so that if somebody sees the name Country Liberty, then they'll be like, oh, yeah, that guy stopped in or whatever, right, um, down the road. So that was a bit of a long-term investment. Um, but in the short term, I got I got tons of exciting things going on all the time. I mean, um, in addition to, like, new products coming out every month, um, we just announced a, a partnership with the World Pond Hockey Tournament, which is very cool and exciting, um, where 280 teams from all over the world meet in northern New Brunswick and, and play um, and have a tournament for pond hockey. We're coming out with a red wine next month, which is super cool. Um, the last year or so, I started taking an interest in raw, in wine, and I'm realizing that it's brand relevant. So um, a new Brunswick company and I had partnered up and collaboratively um, created a wine that we're launching next month. So that's exciting. we got tons of different things like that going on all the time. Cool. That's so fun. Um, and I know we, we talked about it when we were away in Canmore, that we both love Gary V, but do you have any yeah. uh, other tools or resources or books or podcasts that really get you going? Yeah, well, Gary V. It's funny. I I st- I have like a fairly obsessive personality, and and I was before I even knew of podcasting like a year or two ago. I was like watching interviews on YouTube. I watched like all the Steve Jobs interviews, and then all the Bill Gates, and then all the Warren Buffetts. And all of a sudden, I stumbled on Gary Vee, um, and I thought he was, like, super rude and, and, and ignorant and things like that. Um, and then when I gave him a chance and I kind of got into him, I learned a ton from him, uh, even though he has, like, this super strange way of communicating. I learned a lot from him. So I read a few of his books, which I would definitely recommend. Um, but what I'm finding with his books is they're very similar to the podcast. So if you had to choose one, the podcast would probably be a lot easier and seamless, a lot more seamless to kind of consume. Um, so yeah, definitely his podcast, but I, I read a, I read a few mindset books that were super helpful too. Like, um, that super trendy one, um, the subtle art, the 
satellite of not giving a fuck. Yes, that's a great that, one. That one. Did you read that book? I have read it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I that book got me on the train back to reading. Like I, my last, the last book I would have read was in university. I sat down and I read that one um, on a Sunday, and I literally didn't put it down until I finished. And then I was like, wow, like this blew my mind. So I read a couple more mindset books just like that, that I thought were super, super helpful in, in giving me like ensuring that I have the self-esteem to just put myself out there, especially on social media and not care what people say, because, um, I got a lot of pushback on, on kind of my unorth- unorthodox style. So those books really helped me just stay focused and keep the eye on the prize, you know? Right. Well, cause I know you mentioned, uh, that lots of like your friends, because you're from like a smaller town that no one really understood what you were doing. Uh, so yeah. I'm sure it helps to yeah, just well, like know that other people out there like are doing the same thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there was a lot of people that just didn't quite understand. And, and that's one thing I'm, I was never good at communicating. Like I was always the kind of like, well, just like wait and see and you'll see what I was up to instead of like explaining the process. So yeah, when I first got my camera and I went from being like this athlete jock guy to like a guy taking pictures of like leaves and stuff. Like it, it was just, it was strange to a lot of people and they just didn't quite understand it. It wasn't that they dissed it. They just didn't understand it. And it didn't really seem natural to me. Um, but I think that, you know, books like that had helped me just keep focused. Cause I knew what I was up to was going to be much bigger than, you know, me standing in the woods, taking pictures of a leaf. So, I, and I think that now over time, people are starting to understand that, um, you know, that awkwardness or that, that, unexpected kind of new hobby of mine is starting to make sense. You know what I mean? Right. When I feel like everybody, we see brands when they're already like really established or we see people when they already have like 50,000 followers, but you don't ever really talk to them when they just started. And like how, like you said, how awkward and like, you don't really know what you're doing and you kind of need support from your friends, but don't really want to tell them, you know, we never like get to see that side of it very often. Yeah, yeah, no, it was it was definitely different. And what I found, like going to Canmore and stuff with you guys, I do that on purpose to surround myself with people that are on the exact same page. Like, um, I think that those types of friends serve a purpose, and then the types of friends that allow you to just completely forget about all your other stuff serve a, a great purpose too. So um, when I went to Canmore, my intention was to surround myself with you know similar-minded people that simply get what's kind of going on in my brain. Um, and then there's times, you know, to just chill out and, and hang out with people that don't know or care about those things too. So it kind of goes, it kind of goes both ways. Yeah, no, you definitely need both. I found Canmore super, it was super interesting because you don't really ever get a group like that very often together who just want right. to talk about photography and Instagram and branding for like 10 hours straight. <laughs> so yeah, I learned yeah. a ton too when we were out there. Yeah, no, I think it was super, it definitely served its purpose. It exceeded my expectation in that department. Um, and I found myself, like, for a pretty talkative guy, I found myself just listening a lot because I felt like all you guys had so much to offer. I just, I didn't dare want to talk over you. I just wanted to take it all in, you know? Right, totally. Awesome. Well, that is kind of the end. Do you want to share where people can find you and your brand online? Yeah, absolutely. Um you can, uh, you can find our products online at countryliberty.ca. Um, and also on countryliberty.ca, we have a store locator map. So we have a heavy presence out here on the East Coast. Um, we're in 45 total stores. And then we have three stores in Alberta. And um, we're predicting to have a few more retail partners out there. But if you check out our website, you can click our store locator. You can find out all the stores that are selling. 
Um, and of course, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Country Liberty. Um, and that would be, you know, those places are, we're very active on those places. So if there's anything new, Country Liberty, especially our Instagram page, you're going to see it there first. Right. And if people want to talk to you, they can just DM that account because it'll be you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can DM my account or you can DM my personal account. Uh, but yeah, I'm the one behind uh, the Country Liberty account as well. So yeah, if you have any questions for me personally, any questions about the brand or, um, you know, just want to chat, that's where you can find me. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. It was awesome to connect again. Yes, it was awesome to connect again. And uh, I hope that we can keep in touch and I hope that I'm back to Alberta soon and we can connect again then too. Yes, definitely. 